Sitting out here on the hood of this truck. Welcome to Center Stage with international opera star Pamela Kuhn. And now, here is your host, Pamela Kuhn. And the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. Pendleton, Oregon, a city in eastern Oregon that still retains the elements of the Old West. Situated on the original Lewis and Clark Trail, it sits in a valley surrounded by gently rolling wheat fields that you can view for miles. The Blue Mountains rise up in the east, reminding you that the Rockies are not far beyond. Pendleton is the home of an agricultural paradise gracing the eastern part of the state of Oregon. But it is also a charming city that proudly retains the flavor of the Old West. It is the home of the elegant but rugged Hamley & Co., a mercantile store that since 1883 has provided a renowned saddlery shop and accessories for the modern cowboy, from hats to boots to handcrafted leather goods. And if you seek out the Pendleton Woolen Mills, you will hopefully walk away with a new Pendleton Wool Blanket in a design that is devoted to the heritage of the area or to the resident Native American tribes. But best of all, if you want to find a city that hangs hospitality out like a welcoming shingle, then Pendleton is your destination. But the defining core of this city is the Pendleton Roundup Rodeo. A regular feature of this wild west town, the Roundup started in 1910 as, as they say on their website, frontier exhibition of picturesque pastimes, Indian and military spectacles, cowboy racing, and bronco busting for the championship of the Northwest. But what the Pendleton Roundup Rodeo has become is much, much more. Taking place in mid-September, the Roundup gives time for the grain farmers to complete their harvest and the cattlemen to bring in their livestock. Loaded with multiple rodeo events such as bull riding, barrel racing, and steer roping, it is a highly competitive rodeo for the cowboys involved. In fact, they have a soft spot for the Old West traditions that the Pendleton Roundup Rodeo holds. And it is the only outdoor professional rodeo that has a grass infield and the longest turf for barrel racing. In the first year, the Roundup had 7,000 spectators in a town of only 5,000 people. Establishing themselves as a non-for-profit early on, the rodeo is run entirely by volunteers. There are no advertiser signs anywhere within the rodeo grounds, and the board strives to keep the integrity of this rodeo as traditional as possible while keeping the Western lifestyle sacred. Now the Pendleton Roundup Rodeo has more than 50,000 spectators each year with a surprisingly large international crowd. In 1910, spectators could attend for as little as a dime if they sat horseback to watch the festivities. Now, with a huge covered arena and elegant dining as an option, the Roundup has made a progressive gesture in the world of sports. They are proud of their own brand of Pendleton whiskey, and their slogan seen everywhere in Pendleton is, Letter Buck. The stories of the Pendleton Roundup Rodeo and the city of Pendleton are vast. But I don't tell them as well as the board members of the Roundup Rodeo. I was just in Pendleton and had a chance to sit down with publicity director Randy Thomas and general manager Casey Beard. Let's listen to Randy Thomas with his unique stories and eloquent telling of the history of the Roundup. One of the things about Pendleton Roundup is that it's become a big deal in the rodeo industry. It's really a bunch of humble guys that get together, and it's all done with volunteers. We meet, we meet. Our, our board meetings are on cardboard tables. <laughs> so is and this? Stock- 
Chairs. Has this always been a volunteer process? Always has been. It's um, We have very few paid staff. I think our paid staff, our full-time paid staff, is about maybe eight or nine. But we have about 1,000 volunteers that it takes to put this on. 1,000 volunteers. So and the 16 directors are all volunteer. Our president's volunteer. And um, we have committees for each one of the directors with very little overlapping responsibilities actually we have somebody that's in charge we have a livestock director for instance we have a hay and barns director we have publicity director which is what i serve mm -hmm. rob collins is our indians director and indians is a term that the tribe here prefers in the historical context of roundup mm -hmm. in any other context they would prefer to be native american right. or or, but still here, it is Indians. In the, uh, Indians. in the context of the Pendleton Roundup, in the tribal connection that we've had for 107 years now with, with the tribe in regards to the Pendleton Roundup, Indian is the preferred historic term that we use. So when I say Indians director, I'm not being naive or, you right. know. Right. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's just the way. So Rob Collins is the Indian director. We also have, like, um, a queen and court director for our... Queen. And this is a very important element, isn't it? You, it's you a very important. The very first rodeo queen anywhere was crowned in 1910 at the Pendleton Roundup when Bertha Anger got the title because she was the best ticket seller. The best <laughs> ticket seller. She and was, she could ride a horse. And she could. I would have to check that <laughs> out because in the early years, <clears throat> the girls were, the queen was, was somebody that, they thought would bring notoriety to the rodeo. So they had like some movie talent mm -hmm. that were um, royalty in the beginning years. Mm -hmm. And then they really figured out that they should honor local girls. And so um, we've had some Native American court members. We've mm -hmm. had, um, but mostly it's uh, local people. We have um, uh, Muriel Saline was our queen in 1912. And she liked the experience so much that in 1916, she wanted to see how many queen status, you know, or she wanted to see if she could be queen of something else. Okay. And so that was the year that the Portland Rose Festival actually opened it up to a voting process, a public voting process. You could buy 10 votes for a penny. And <laughs> the Roundup heard about this. And Muriel Saline says, you know what, I, I'd like to run for that. And so the Roundup all summer long, or all spring long, kept throwing some votes their way, but secretly had a campaign that they were gathering votes. And so the, on the last night of the voting, the Pendleton Roundup delivered 4 million votes. Oh, my gosh. On Muriel Saline's behalf, which put her way over the top. Now, the Rose Festival was thinking they would just have local companies, you know, put forward their girl. Sure. You know, and they would, you know, like bid back and forth, and they saw it as a mm -hmm. fun local thing. But when Pendleton, from across the state, delivered 4 million votes and Muriel became <laughs> the queen, that was kind of a shock. She had, she had more votes than all of the other girls combined. Four million. Four million what, votes. What year was this again? It was in 1916. <laughs> That's quite a concerted effort for me. So the Astoria Regatta also made her queen that year, later in the summer, and she and, and Pendleton was so proud of her for accomplishing this that they made her queen of the roundup again. So well, she was the so. only one been queen twice. That's a <laughs> PR director's dream come yeah. true. <laughs> so we had Meryl Saline's granddaughter. 
attended the rodeo last year, and uh, and uh, we honored her grandmother, uh, Muriel Sailing, for the. That's and her name was Muriel also. So she was from Reno. The granddaughter was from Reno, Nevada. She had a great time here, and she rode in the Rose Festival parade last year mm-hmm. and attended the Pendleton Roundup last year. And How wonderful! That was great. So you obviously have this, this family that is totally dedicated to the Roundup process. That's a good word for it because that's exactly where it's at. You know, the family doesn't always agree, and so it's, you know, sometimes things move slowly, which mm-hmm. is fine because mm-hmm. it, the Pendleton Roundup really is about preserving its history. It's about preserving its traditions. Um, like family, we, whenever we get together, we always eat. Of course. <laughs> so like at a board meeting, we have... <laughs> pizza boxes sitting on the on the bar here uh, because we got together last night and whenever we get together we eat oh, that's so after parades we typically have a meal laid out um, sometimes it's potluck sometimes it's catered um, but there's always there's always food involved whenever the roundup gets I together. would think so and let's get to the competitions your events so yeah. how many how many competitors do you usually see in a season we have a competitive events director, um, and we have an arena director, and uh, those guys work together to organize the competition along with our livestock director. And mm-hmm. We have 10 events at the Pendleton Roundup. Well, one's not really an event. The all-around cowboy is something we award, mm-hmm. and he would be the person that, he or she, would be the person that would score the most uh, points in two or more events. You have mm-hmm. to compete in more than, you have to win money in more than one event to be qualified to win the all-around title. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we have about 650 competitors that sign wow. up to compete at the Pendleton Roundup. Wow. And because we're a four-day rodeo, we have some limitations. We we can't take many more than that. We've, I think for a centennial year, we had 750. But it takes a long time to run that many ropers through or that many riders through right. you know, competitions. So we have slack go-arounds that start on Monday around noon mm-hmm. and we run roping events and the barrel racing events all the timed events the competitors on monday and tuesday compete in what we call slack rounds the public is welcome to come and watch those rounds but mm-hmm. we don't have the announcer we don't have the music right. and the show right. but everybody's getting in their first times mm-hmm. and then uh wednesday morning we continue slack and then wednesday afternoon our performances start where the public buy a ticket and we have the whole production so it's about 650 competitors is our average. Very and we compete in, uh, so there'll be nine competitive events with the all-around. So, our I remember as a child coming up to Pendleton during Roundup and seeing a whole field of Airstream trailer houses. <laughs> the Wally Bynum group, <clears throat> or Wally Bynum group. They still attend. They still come. Is that right? And uh, matter of fact, I just got a phone call from Teresa, their coordinator, and they're coming back again this year. And we su- we supply a tour of the grounds on Tuesday morning every year at ten o'clock, and they have about forty-five people that have signed up for the tour this year to come. Fantastic! Yeah. it's like a sea of silver. It's a great tradition, and they celebrated their fiftieth year last year, and I think they had about a hundred people on the tour last year. Oh. So this year's 51 for the Wally Bynum Airstream Group. Are, is this uh, national that they come? Uh, I think, I don't know. I really don't know what the roots of their group oh are. Gosh. But they, I know they they all have Airstream trailers. I know they park in priority of the uh, number on the trailer because Airstream has numbered their trailers. And so if you have a lower number, 
you have parking priority because you have <laughs> a more historic uh, rig. Wow, this is a ritual into itself. Absolutely. But this, the Roundup's full of stories like that. I mm, mean, yeah. the tribe has 300 teepees in their teepee village. We mm-hmm. have the largest Native American encampment in North America here during Roundup with about 300 teepees. Each one of those teepees is, is put in its exact location by square inch. I mean, really, we, we surveyed the, the teepee village and all of those spots are... Mm-hmm. They're owned by families that have been here. Many of the families trace back to 1910, the very first Pendleton Roundup. And those spots have been passed down, you know, in wills. They've been passed down through the generations. Some families have guest spots where visiting man members from other tribes, like the Yakima Nation or Mm -hmm. the Blackfeet or other tribes can come, and they'll be hosted perhaps by one of the... uh, local families that have a spot so and speaking of which one of my favorite events is the indian relay race that is very exciting you're not alone in that everybody everybody is one of their favorite events so and that that's exciting because it's bareback yeah these the native americans that compete in that they basically just have a bit in the horse's mouth for a little bit of control, but they ride thoroughbred racehorses bareback. There's no there's no saddle rigging on them, and they 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 have two horses that are brought in by their team that are held at the South Grandstand railing, and the rider comes in on a mount. And when the gun goes off for the race, he rides a lap. That rider has to pull into his station basically, dismount from his the horse he finished the first lap mm-hmm. on and leap onto the horse oh for the gosh. second lap and then there's a second exchange onto the third horse and they so it's it's super exciting very very dangerous it's very brutal looking it's, i mean it's, really yeah it's very dangerous for the rider the horses don't typically have any problems but if the riders get out of sync they'll get lost you know we've seen them go down we've seen them trampled we've seen them um, but we spent a lot of money on our track to keep it in great conditions. And, it, the, and it looks, at the, yeah. the arena looks fantastic. Thank you. It's absolutely massive. And we just hosted two events that were here, and now we're in kind of, it, once August starts, we don't allow anything on the field, so it can be in pristine mm-hmm. shape by the rodeo. But we just held uh, a Maroon 5 concert here with um, a group of local investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, sold out at 16500 Fans showed up for that concert, and that was like three weeks ago. That's wonderful. On the stadium floor, and then we had Pendleton Bike Week here, which was a Harley Davidson <laughs> sponsored event, and uh, I think they had probably close to fifteen, sixteen thousand bikes in town for that event, and that was just a wonderful event. Oh, they, I can imagine. They hosted a concert in the um, uh, in the Happy Canyon grounds. They had Grand Funk Railroad come as kind of a great that that kind of fits that that demographic of the biker it does the biker guys they're all you know in real life businessmen and and the like they you know they like to bike on the weekends and so we had some high-end bikes in town people from all over the northwest came and 
So that's fantastic. In in its way, I look at at especially Harley Davidson writers, of which my husband is one. I look at them all as operatic characters. You know, they're they're <laughs> on analogy. their steed. Yes, and indeed. And they they are in costume, and it is very dramatic, and it's a big operatic gesture. Actually, I I love it. So, and actually, you're revving up for the season with all of this, aren't you? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that the Pendleton Roundup has created is an authentic brand, mm-hmm. and it, the brand basically is this Western hospitality. Mm-hmm. It's very generous. It's very welcoming. It's very authentic. It, it harkens back because of the tribal connection and the cowboy connection to this iconic, rugged individualism that is the mm-hmm. American West. And we find that you know Europe loves it. Um, mm-hmm. I just got a call from Travel Oregon yesterday, who who has the job of bringing tourists to the state of Oregon. And the Pendleton Roundup is such an iconic thing Absolutely. for international travelers that they like to bring them here. So I got a phone call yesterday that we have Dutch press that will be here from the Netherlands. We have also press that's coming from Germany and France with Travel Oregon this year so that we can, um, you know, we can introduce them to what is here. And what we understand is that although... Americans may not be seen in favorable lights in many fashions internationally. Two of the icons that are actually receive universal mm-hmm. positive response are the American cowboy and the That's American right. Indian. Because so, it's quintessentially American. This absolutely. Is, this is what they dream about. So going back to the brand, yeah, mm-hmm. I think they would all love to jump on a horse and they ride would. off into the sunset mm-hmm. on the prairie. And here our arena floor is the prairie, and we have mm-hmm. sunset shortly after our performance. <laughs> But, you know, so that's the brand. Mm-hmm. Nobody does Cowboys and Indians better than Pendleton, Oregon, because it's authentically who we are mm-hmm. all year long. Our tribe has traditionally been a wealthier tribe. You know, even in the before Lewis and Clark times, they had developed the Cayuse Pony, and they could trade as far away as Tacoma and Seattle on long excursions because this pony had such hard feet and had such good balance and endurance. Right. And so the tribe had a history, you know, of... Of, of wealth and of opulence. The um, Lewis and Clark, when they came, they commented in their journals how they had vast herds of these colorful ponies and uh, they were welcomed by the tribe here, which helped them on their way. So for the tribe to be involved here, there's an authenticity they bring to the brand. And so groups like, you know, concerts that want to come to Pendleton, you know, they... They market that. They want to tie their brand to our brand. Harley Davidson, when they were here this year, they said, you know, you guys, your authenticity is like our corp- corporate culture. Right. We like this. We would like to do more with you. And, of course, the Hood River Distillers, which have developed the Pendleton Whiskey brand using our bucking horse and our, <laughs> our letterbox slogan, has they've become the fastest growing whiskey of all time and they are now the official spirits of the Professional Rodeo Cowboy Association and they're just a great partner. They love also that western vibe and yeah. I know the owner's wife she rides her horse and chases cattle out. She chases the calves out of the arena after they've, you know, competed, after they've been roped or, you know, That's they'll just wander so around loose and they need somebody to guide them to the exit. So, so she, she, she takes Lene my- comes, Lene Dodge comes, and she rides her horse in the arena and <laughs> helps chase out the calves. So That's wonderful. Yeah, it's just fun. Can I ask you, how have you benefited the Native Americans along the way? I'm sure with their involvement, you've been involved with them. Yes. 
Well, our tribe is very innovative. The Yuma, it's the confederated tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation. And it's the Walla Walla tribe, the Cayuse tribe, and the, um, the uh, Umatilla tribe. Mm-hmm. So Cayuse, Walla Walla, Umatilla tribes form the confederation. And they've been very inventive, they've been very imaginative, and they've built a wonderful culture of their own. And so their economic engine is actually moving quicker than Pendleton's economic engine, the city of Pendleton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have a wonderful casino out there. They have a wonderful uh, event center. space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they built the only, along the Lewis and Clark Trail, which is right here, the street right in front of our stadium is the route is of the trail. Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. that trail. And so the Pendleton Roundup is located on that ground. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're, they're getting ready to double their event space. They're going to build another tower onto their hotel. They're a huge wow. economic driver and employer in the area. They're building right now their own health center. Um, they're very, very productive tribe. They're wonderful. But it wasn't always that way. In 1910, when the Pendleton Roundup was, um, was formed... Um, the tribe was very much in disarray. The, many of the children had been taken away to, well, here I am trying to tell their story, but I mean, mm-hmm. literally many of their children, most of their children had been relocated to Salem, which is five hour drive from here, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to attend boarding schools to be acculturated into the, you know, European lifestyle. They weren't allowed to meet uh, in groups, they weren't allowed to have powwows and play their music and trade. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, they were really expected to, you know, live in a house and stay in one spot. And their tribal history was mm-hmm. never that. They were hunters mm-hmm. and gatherers, and they lived with the seasons. They lived with the earth. Where in the springtime they would go to root camp, in the summertime they would go to huckleberry camp. They had salmon camps at certain times when the fish ran, and they had deer and elk camps. And they they moved. They lived in teepees, and they they had all of these traditions that were based on the harvest of the bounty of the land here, which is huge. And so some businessmen drove out, or drove out, they rode their horses out to the tribe that summer of 1910, and they said, hey, we're thinking about doing this thing, you know, doing this competition and hosting mm-hmm. these Wild West events. Mm-hmm. And um, they had been impressed with the opportunity that the Portland Rose Festival had created for that city, and they had a group of businessmen had, had gone to Portland in 1909 and they to see what Portland was doing with the Rose Festival and they came back and they said man we should do something like that it could be a great economic engine mm-hmm. for to, to bring people to Pendleton mm-hmm. well that coupled on the fact that B- Buffalo Bill Cody's Wild West show had come through here right and although they had played for the crown heads of Europe and had traveled the country and had great acclaim th- that show was met with yawns in Pendleton because <clears throat> it was considered tame. Well, they were actors, and they were painted like Indians. They wore cowboy hats, but they were doing stunts, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pendleton said, you know, we could do something authentic. And so in 1909, during a baseball game on the 4th of July, um, in the seventh inning stretch, they held a bucking competition. And it was so popular on mm-hmm. that 4th of July that... Um, that they kind of put all of these thoughts together and they said, well, let's, let's crown the world champion buckaroo at the roundup. And so they started this. It was originally called the Northwest uh, Bucking Exhibition. 
and uh, but it was but it was labeled the roundup. It was the roundup. Mm-hmm. It was held after harvest and when you would typically round up your calves or your your stock for the winter. Okay. And so it was held in late September, and it was a huge celebration. They were they had built seats for fifteen hundred the first day. Seven thousand showed up. And seven thousand. Seven thousand. And so overnight they built seating for another fifteen hundred. They had a discount if you sat on your horse. It only cost ten cents. If you sat on your horse, and so people rode their horses in and sat on their horse. It was twenty-five cents if you wanted a reserve seat. But if it, 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 train loads of people showed up from Portland, from Spokane, it's the city of Hermiston shut down, and everybody came. Walla Walla was the same way, and I mean Pendleton was only six thousand people at that point, and seven thousand of them, or oh, five thousand people, lived in Pendleton. So many people showed up that they had to reach out to people and said, "Hey." You know, do you have a cot in your house? Where are we going to put these exactly. people? Exactly. Where there will was... you house these spectators? Exactly. And so that whole hospitality thing began in the very beginning. Right. And if you go to other rodeos, many rodeos are held at a fairground. And when the fairground's gates close behind you, you, mm-hmm. you go out into a city. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. rodeos that are larger than Pendleton are basically held in cities. And the city may not even really know or care that this is going on at their fairgrounds. Exactly, exactly. And so I've been to some rodeos where, you know, I go, well, hey, honey, let's go downtown after the rodeo and let's go see what's going on. Well, the rodeo gets out at 10 o'clock at night and nothing's going on. You know, you have to go find an all-night diner to find something to eat. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Pendleton, our rodeos in the afternoon, the entire city's involved. The kids are out of school because... They also sell hot dogs for, you know, the football team or they send they sell the dance team nachos or the choir is <laughs> passing around drinks to the to the audience and selling those. You know, all of our non all of our food vendors here, as many as possible, are nonprofits in Pendleton. Really? Fantastic. And so we raise I mean the roundup raises about two hundred thousand dollars for local nonprofits just by the opportunity of allowing them to be the people serving the food and serving the beverages at Roundup. And so it's good for the Roundup. It's good for the community. We have several churches that are here. Um, I know the church that I attend uses all the money they raise here, which is about twelve to $14,000. They return it into their community benefit. Mm-hmm. They have a... You know, they they have a program whereby if somebody comes out of a treatment program, they'll set them up an apartment. And all the money that they... With, with, they'll set up them with couches and silverware and plates Fantastic. and everything to get them a fresh start in life. Yeah. And all of the money that they raise at the Roundup, they return to their charity program, their community charity so program. So you have such a huge, bountiful social conscience. Yes. That's, and, and this has always been, I'm sure, from the yeah, very and beginning. We, we raise money through our Tough Enough to Wear Pink program mm-hmm. for... Mm-hmm. Uh, breast cancer, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. patients, and we raise money on Saturday at our national, our Wrangler National Patriot Day. We raise money for the Oregon National Guard Relief Fund, which provides relief for families whose, uh, you know, the serviceman has been injured or killed. And on Wednesday this year, we're going to start a new. A new charity. Um, it's not a new charity. It's been around for about ten years now. Called Farmers Ending Hunger. I'm just out here Hear part two of my Pendleton Roundup broadcast next week on Center Stage on 1490 WGCH Talk Radio. 
We will talk about the Roundup's responsibility in feeding the hungry in Oregon, and you will meet up with more stories from the general manager, Casey Beard. The 2017 Pendleton Roundup runs from September 13th through the 16th. There's still time to book a ticket, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage.